This realm is your realm. This realm is my realm. From dragons then to the elven kingdom. From the moot of many to the giant snail city. This realm was made by you and me. Hello and welcome to This Realm is Your Realm. It's a podcast where together we build a fantasy world one episode at a time for everyone to play D&D in, write stories about, or use as the basis for a new religion. With me today is Ben, secretary to the gods. And joining me is Adrian, god of popcorn and mustaches. Why mustaches? Because you have a mustache. I was really I don't struggling. have a mustache. I have a beard. Okay, then here's a philosophical question. You have a mustache and a beard because they're yes. connected. Right. So, But I, I just don't think it's fair to say I have a mustache without with leaving out the critical information that I also have hair on the other parts of my face. Would you be ashamed if you only had a mustache and not a beard? Well, I'll say, Benjamin, it's intentional that I have not only a mustache. That wasn't a trick of fate. It was planned. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I made the choice not to have only a mustache. Okay. The God of Popcorn, that's very flattering, and I will take that. Yeah, you make good popcorn. And I, that's coming Thank from you. me, the actual God of Popcorn. <laughs> okay. And joining us today <laughs> is Corianne. What was my thing for Corianne? I have, I have Goddess of Bangs and Fashionable Scarves. Oh, uh, that's good. I had Goddess of Deleted Tumblers. <laughs> 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 I see you as kind of okay. like the Hades in the underworld where all of the deleted tumblers go. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. That's very flattering. Yeah. What would you be goddess of if you were a goddess of something? If I was the goddess of something, what would I be the goddess of? Mm-hmm. Cozy blankets. I also oh, thought nice. of that for you as well. I was like a cozy nook in a library or something like that. Or turtlenecks. Corey, uh, why the hell are you here? Mostly because I was roped into it. I was told we were going out for breakfast and then we did this too. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I like mythology. I like English. I did a lot of school for English. I was just going to say you studied it, didn't you? Yeah. 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 You're too a long. classics minor, right? I am. Yeah. You've been through through the mythology and back. Oh, yeah. It's too bad we couldn't get a classics major for the show. <laughs> yeah, you're getting kind of like the step down. But I can tell you that I've watched every episode of Hercules Legendary Journeys. Oh, my so I God. Feel like that qualifies me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I know anyone who's watched that show. That's like the one from the 80s, right? Like the 90s. Excuse the you. Live act- sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. The live action Hercules show, right? Yes. Who the plays one Hercules? Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. That's right. Oh, Premature duck alarm. Yeah. All right. Uh, today we are talking about gods and goddesses and pantheons for the world of Starscar, which is the name of our world. I don't even told Corey that. It's called Starscar. <laughs> but as new. always, Dragon's Den. We, we'll do our Dragon's Den segment. A little peek behind the curtain. We haven't recorded an episode in a long time. So if, <laughs> <laughs> if this seems at all stilted, that's why. We are professional, though, and we'll get through it. Uh, yeah, so by the end of this episode, we're going to have some gods, some goddesses. We may not have names for all of them, but hopefully we'll have some concepts. We'll figure out what our pantheon looks like, what the story of these gods is, and how they interact with our world. But as always, first is our Dragon's Den segment, in which I pitch a new name for our world to our dragons. Today, it's Ben and Corey are the dragons. I was going to go over the ones that we've already nixed. So we started off with Starscar. Uh, second episode, we said Starvelt. I said no because of uh, childhood trauma. Starpire sounded too much like Starfire. And then last episode, we had 
Starbound, which I think sounds more like a YA novel title than a land. I would agree. Yeah. So, uh, Adrian. Okay. <laughs> Adrian. Sorry. <laughs> Adrian. Can you imagine if everywhere you went, like someone just listed off all of your failures before you had to go do something? That's what I'm god of, listing other people's flaws. What is your uh, pitch for us today? All right. Um, <clears throat> well, let me let me get into it here. Hello, dragons. Hello, I'm Today, Kevin O'Leary. No, is he right? Is that the right guy? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary. Um, sorry, anyway, uh, All right. what is your Hello, pitch? dragons. Hello. Today, I'm asking for $50,000 for 50% equity in Starstrom. Can Star-strum. you spell that for me, please? S-T-A-R-S-T-R-O-M. Starstrom. Starstrom. My initial thought was that it was Starstrum, as in to strum a guitar. Nope. Are you basing that off of like the word maelstrom or like where is this coming from? Definitely that there was some influence from the word maelstrom. Okay. I think it's a German root. I think it oh. means something. I think it means storm, maybe. Let's find out. It's Dutch. Oh, what does it mean? Strom means stream. Ma- okay, well. ma- Malen is whirl or grind and strom <laughs> is stream. So it's really like a whirling stream. Maybe I'll come back with Star Grind next week. <laughs> Star Grind. I don't know. Corey, do you have any thoughts about this name? I don't mind it. That's always what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think it's it's not bad. Is it better than Star Scar? That's the question. Star Scar or Starstrom? I feel like Starstrom flows a little bit better. Because mm-hmm. Star yep. Scar is so just like repetitive. Mm-hmm. So I like the flow of it. Ooh. Which works with, you know, the name of or the etymology of the word. Yeah. Interesting. I don't hate it either. Oh my god. Which is unusual. I would say and you're wanting fifty thousand dollars for this? Yeah. For fifty percent equity. Forty percent. Are you or are you negotiating with me? Are we haggling? What kind of show do you think this is? Well, what happens if I say yes? Does that mean that I guess you have to wait and see, don't you? Okay. Um, let me think. Oh my god. It's a big decision. Corey, what's your offer then for Starstrom? I feel like it's one of those ones that's just going to be a, it might be a placeholder until you get something that's like really perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to say like, I don't know. TBH, I never watched Dragon's Dead. <laughs> that's something that too. I was like, of course, never seen Dragon's <laughs> Dead. Like, what this number can I throw <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Starscar already was kind of a placeholder. I don't mm-hmm. know if, if this isn't the perfect name, then I feel like there's no point going from one placeholder to another. But I like it better than Starscar. It is a stronger name than Starscar. You think? Yes, I do think. So, I mean, I feel like this was inevitably going to happen, but like, it's been long enough now that Starscar is like very familiar to me and I have some misgivings about walking away from it. But if this is what the dragons say, like, I'm, you know, let's Starstrom. (sighs) What's our final decision on that? You know, as the newest dragon to this uh, <laughs> flight, I'm going to leave that up to the experienced dragons. Oh, I feel like my place Kevin is O'Leary. not to make that <laughs> final decision for you. Okay, Starscar, Starstrom. I'm going to go with Starstrom. Oh my god. Okay. Side note. Wow. Corianne, goddess of indecisions. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Also good. I My vote's yes on, a st- on Starstrom. Okay, you're in. I'm in. Sure, why not? Let's make this a big episode. I'll take that deal. Pleasure doing business with you. We got it. Okay, that's it. You said yeah, that's it. The podcast is done. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take my $50,000 now. (laughs) 
<laughs> and go start a better podcast. Wait, hold on. Can we what? flash back quickly? I offered $50,000 for 50% equity. Benjamin asked for less equity for the same amount no, of money. No, I was saying that you had 40%. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted 40%. What kind of okay. dragon do you think I am? I don't know. I don't know. Neither one of us knows exactly how this show works <laughs> or how it applies to the naming of a world. Like, what is it, us having both 50%? You have more equity in the name now. Does that mean that you get to decide? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you did decide. Yeah. So, okay. Well, Starscar is no more, everyone. Our world is now called Starstrom. But next time, I'll have a name. Okay, that's fun. I'll have a name and you can decide if you like it better than Starstrom or not. Okay, that sounds great. Okay. Bonus to our Dragon's Den segment. I I thought of this in the long break we took between episodes. I have a Dragon's Den pitch for a new name for the podcast. Oh. Don't worry, it's mostly a joke. It's way too late to change the name of the podcast. Yeah, I did all the Um, art. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, here's here's my. Do you know the name of the pitch. podcast? <clears throat> it was said briefly at the beginning of this, but not really. This, this, this realm is your realm. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like we bring someone on a podcast that they don't know the name. Of? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> looks bad. Who would Good do thing that? it's not like something horribly offensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Puppy Killers Only. <laughs> And our guest who has no idea what's going on. PKO. Okay, dragons. So for this, the name I thought of for the podcast, I really wanted to emphasize how we were, you know, I wanted us to have a little braggadocio and um, show how we were departing from some of the classic fantasy works Mm -hmm. and show that we are like doing it again and we're doing it like better and different. So my pitch for the name of the podcast is Topping Tolkien. And I'm asking for $500,000 for 80% equity in Topping Tolkien. Sold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll buy the movie rights. And we can cast. Do you think we could afford Nicholas Holt? I was going to say Nicholas Holt. <laughs> Who's your dream cast for J.R.R. Tolkien? Kevin Sorbo. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the podcast, this is a landmark episode. The name of the world and the name of the podcast that, is officially changed. Topic Tolkien. Welcome back to Topping Tolkien. That'll, that's good publicity, though. Yeah. That's a name that you can really get behind. Oh, I thought you were just saying changing the name of the podcast every three episodes is good publicity. Oh, no, that's bad publicity. <laughs> but the name Topping Tolkien. Is one you can get behind? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't going there. It's called I'm SEO. Sorry. Search engine optimization for Topping Tolkien. <laughs> I love, I love the it. idea of someone Googling that and then being like, oh, a podcast. <laughs> it's not what, I was, not what I was looking for, but maybe I'll indulge who, myself. Who is Googling that for any other purpose? <laughs> anyway, should we get going with the podcast? Yeah, let's get going. Let's. All right. So today's quest on Topping Tolkien is our pantheon. Uh, let's start the timer and let's get into it. Starting timer now. Okay. Should we start big picture and talk about what like the story slash structure of our pantheon is? Or what kind of role the gods play in the world? What do you want to start with? Um, I think probably role first. All right. Structure and role of the gods. Okay. So, Corian, mm-hmm. you're familiar with Greek and Roman classical gods and goddesses mostly, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any exposure to other pantheons? I have an understanding of the Norse system. Okay. Took a couple of classes on that. Okay. Trying to think. I don't think I took any other specific classes. I know a little bit about Egyptian, but not Uh enough to even remotely speak to it. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. 
I guess we have like in Norse mythology, we have more so a family structure. Well, I guess in Greek, that's true, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like that's the pretty common structure is is a family, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you kind of like that in terms of a pantheon where it's just one big angry fighting family? I don't know. I feel like I like that to a degree. Mm hmm. But that gets really dicey when it comes to the creation of new gods. There's so much incest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would rather if they were like, you know, individually formed deities that are then clashing in the way that like, you know, this is totally not good enough. But if there was like a god of like mountains and land and a god of sea and they're like crashing against each other. And that's how that's where you start getting those tensions okay right i like that like they're kind of these um these primordial forces yeah kind of born out of the concepts that they embody yeah. rather than birth from other gods and i feel like well, yes and no because i feel like at that point then you know if like earth and sea are coming together then they're going to create like sea is going to cut through and create river so then mm-hmm. there is sort of birthing oh, happening and then the family dynamic maybe builds in but I feel like so originally like a, they're primordial things. Okay. That's cool. So there's like a geographic relationship to their actual relationships. like. And then when you get down to like the god of cheese, it's like the really like great great grandson <laughs> twice removed. Who's uh, just right. sort of like there now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's real beef with the god of knives. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, that also leads us into like a discussion of how human-like or how like, you know, how much like people the gods are. Because in... You know, in Greek mythology, they are a lot like they, they act basically like people. Yeah. But like kind of shitty people. But yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, wor- the worst. And they're the constantly worst. going to earth and like, you know, meddling, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Sticking their dick in things. Never good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So do we or do we want to have more? <laughs> I remember being shocked once when Ben revealed to me that in the Pokemon universe, the god is a Pokemon. Yes. Right. Yes. That is true. Which is not like a person at all, really. So no. there's lots of ways to go. And there's also just kind of like a lot of like kind of the Norse, Greek mm-hmm. pantheons, as far as I know, like they start off like the really the first things that exist in those universes are not like um, personified. It's Eros chaos. Eros is there and there's yeah. Chaos is there. And, and Tartarus, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. then they land comes to kind of is formed. Yeah. Gaia just appears and yeah, in and Tartarus. then yeah. Oranos is sort of like, I'm just going to lay on you. We're going to have kids. Let's go. <laughs> how it works yeah i was gonna say i feel like if you don't add enough human characteristics you're gonna get stuck pretty quick though because you're gonna get stuck because that's i mean that's as far as we understand existence so there Mm -hmm. has to be some of that anyway and it helps us to make them unique right Mm -hmm. because like one kind of like amorphous like unpersonified force is kind of like another yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think i was going to talk about arceus from pokemon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no please yes. like I, that literally that inspired me so much because i just think it's so cool that like a god could be like a, a, a thing <laughs> that you can fight with your dog i mean i would <laughs> yeah. fight zeus so you would fight zeus <laughs> i would fight zeus but yeah arceus is is a pokemon god and he is a pokemon as well so he's just creator of all things they have like other deities kind of like all the legendary pokemons are deity oh my right. god legendary pokemon Pokemons is not the plural. (laughs) Legendary Pokemon are, in a sense, like they're all gods that you can fight and capture too. Right. Well, I just think it's cool that like there's no people gods in Pokemon. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, as far as I know, maybe no, there aren't. There aren't as far as as far as we know. Okay, which really raises the question: like in the Pokemon universe, there's a slight tangent. As far as you know, are humans 
just a type of Pokemon. I think that's been discussed before, and I think <laughs> Corey's they... eyes just got so big. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like dismantling my childhood right now, and it's great. <laughs> um, I think that's been discussed before, and I think there's. I don't think it's ever been addressed by Nintendo if they are or not. <laughs> <laughs> An official statement. An official statement has not been released. <laughs> But, like, I think some people have argued that they are. And, like, I think someone has been captured in a Pokeball before in an episode. I think so. I might be wrong. I might be totally making that up. I'm Googling it. Are there any Pokemon that wear clothes? Like, I know Cubone wears the skull. Cubone wears the skull. Hitmonchan. Mr. Mime wears clothes, doesn't Mr. Mr. Mime is fully nude. What? That, those, that's his skin? That's his skin. Yikes. God. (laughs) We're not getting into Mr. Mime. (laughs) Hitmonchan definitely wears like a tunic sort of deal. Machomp and um, Machoke. Oh, they were Lauren class. Yeah. Well, like wrestling belt sort of deals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are Jinx wears a dress. Like right. there are Pokemon that wear clothes for right. sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Someone has been in a Pokeball. Yeah. In the episode in the first series of the show where Ash is in Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town to catch. Okay. This is not important information. He sees Jesse's hair is on fire. And he assumes that it's a Pokemon on fire. Right. And he proceeds to throw a Pokeball at her. Yeah. It doesn't open. It just hits her in the face. Okay. So I was wrong. She doesn't end up in the Pokeball. Okay. I thought that was going to end a different way. Okay. So I was wrong. And then, okay, there's multiple examples of this. In Pokemon Black and White, Ash tried to catch Iris because at an angle, she looked like a Pokemon. <laughs> he fails to do so. <laughs> so he's just a little trigger happy. <laughs> How can you look like a Pokemon at an angle? <laughs> That's like that horrible like meme online where it's, you know, the shadow Pokemon. Which Pokemon is it? And then oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't know. That's real life situation. <laughs> you just see a silhouette. <laughs> just whip your capture tool at it. But yeah, in the Pokemon universe, you can theoretically fight, capture, and then use God in battle. I think it would be cool if our gods and goddesses, our deities were not all personified as people. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of them look like people and some of them look like animals and some of them look like weird monsters and some of them look like uh, a flower. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense for the world you've created. If if each pocket where the stars have fallen or the, the energy sources have fallen, it's affecting the different areas differently. Did that create the gods? Well, I don't know. Maybe it created new gods. Ooh, okay. I like that concept. Ooh. Old versus new gods is so cool. American gods. American gods. We talked about Neil Gaiman on this so much. <laughs> we've only talked about it once before. But Actually, it was no, we've talked about it multiple times. Anyway, American gods, old versus new gods. I like that. So pre-Starfall gods and post-Starfall gods. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. makes so much sense because like a lot of our world is based around the dichotomy of like what, how the way things were before the Starfall and now the way things have changed. So, And that's nice to be reflected in a pantheon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do so with the old gods. Would they be more humanoid? And the I was newer say, gods. I think that would be cool. And yeah. the newer ones are like. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a rock. Like I do really love the image of like this very dignified, like Mount Olympus style, like beautiful people type <laughs> gods. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh my god! Like look at this." The new god shows up, and it's like, I don't know. It's like Garbage. a weird, like yeah. It's just, it's just a bag of trash. <laughs> just rolls on in. Radioactive trash. Radioactive yes. trash. Yeah. So yeah, those gods were created through the interaction of the Starfall, and then right. 
the older gods just kind of existed beforehand, were they responsible for the starfall? Well, I remember I was talking about, yeah, whether or not how powerful our gods were and whether or not we liked the idea of them having control over the fundamental forces of the of the universe, like the, the sun rising and falling. And like, basically, if we decide that they do, that means that some god has to be responsible for the starfall. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. Like, But if we decide that they don't have control over everything, then it could have happened independent of them. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that they don't, that they're not all powerful. Mm-hmm. That they're very, they're powerful beings who are like immortal, but they don't necessarily have the power to like really reshape the cosmos. And like, I like in Greek mythology where they talk about like how they can't really affect, they can't like kill a hero outright, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have to use their influence in some other way unless the hero challenges them directly. There's still kind of a greater unknown power that's dictating the way their stories have to play out. Yeah. There's unwritten rules there. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, I don't know if this is true, Corey, you can, Mm. the Greek gods are kind of like the grandchildren of more like powerful forces in some ways, right? Yes. Because there, there is again the the chaos, the eros, these like really primordial things. And then slowly, like it sort of filters down to like, there's Gaia and there's the sky. And then there's the Titans, which are like really fundamental elemental. And then it gets down to the Olympians who are essentially just like an angry drama family (laughs) they belong on like daytime tv yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) dr phil would have a hate (laughs) (laughs) i also remember at one point discussing if we wanted constellations or stars to be our gods or to have some relationship with them totally forgot that i'm kind of more leaning towards what we got now rather than the stars i don't know i like a pantheon with like lots of variants yeah and yeah i i I like the idea of a large of a something beyond pulling the strings of these gods as well. I think that's cool too. Yeah. Do, should we move on to question two? Sure, yeah. So I wrote down, do all cultures slash peoples of... Oh my god, I was about to say Starscar. Wow, this is crazy. Starstrom. Of, of Starstrom. You pay, oh I paid you $50,000. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, no, thanks. I just got the intro. Yeah, of course. Do they all worship the same pantheon? Or basically like some pantheons, everyone basically worships every god. Like at different and for different reasons and different occasions, they might, you know, pray to a certain god. If they're pregnant, they might pray to the goddess of fertility or whatever. And at other times they pray to the god of harvest or whatever. But then sometimes there's like actual kind of religions where like there's a group of people or a culture or whatever only worships like one god in the pantheon. And they see them as being, you know, above all the other ones or more important to them or whatever. I guess that um, calls into question, I guess how much involvement the gods have with beings in this world. Yeah, which is another big question we should answer. Like, because obviously if you have like these concrete beings who come to visit you, you're probably not going to have your own pantheon that's made up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing in fantasy settings is that most of the time people have absolute certainty that the gods are real. Like, there's never any question. There's no atheists in, like, most fantasy settings because, like, the gods are like, hey, like... (laughs) (laughs) What's up? I kind of like the idea of atheists in a fantasy setting, though. Meeting a god face-to-face and just being like, nah. Well, would atheism in a fantasy setting be a complete disbelief, or would it be like a, I'm not putting my belief in you? Right. You know, like, I don't need you. I kind of like the idea that if, if there's new gods being created in the Starfall, that the areas that are affected by that would you know it seems like it would be natural for them to start following those gods yeah and like i would think that those who aren't affected would find themselves you know we worship the old gods there's kind of a right attention there based on their positioning yeah i think that's but really cool i feel like they're all known 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody knows about yeah. the gods, but then, you know, if you're it's a dwarf specific. living in this specific area and there happened to be this like starfall god being created, then mm-hmm. obviously you're going to be falling into that sort of like the Dionysian cult. You know what I mean? Like there's, right. they recognize there are all these Greek gods, but they would follow specifically Dionysus and they would become like, you know, the priest or priestess of this person. Or this god. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it implies that the new gods do have more interaction with people on, on Starstrom. Because, you know, it, it's like people are offering, or they're being offered something in exchange for their worship. Like, they're getting something out of it. Whether that it's protection or it's like some benefit. Like, now that they're living in this, like, magical, dangerous land and there's a new god spreading out, they have, like, a reason to follow them specifically. Because there's, like, it affects their actual daily life. Yeah. And that that's a cool image of, like, these very high and mighty deities who've been worshipped for so long sitting atop their ivory tower i guess and seeing all of a sudden all these new gods interacting with people below and being like oh uh oh (laughs) that sort of thing i i just yeah i like the idea of conflict between the old and the new gods is really cool and being being deities of the people rather than deities for deities sake the the old gods who see these new gods interacting it's like oh i guess i better go get down there and you know kind of shake hands (laughs) make sure i'm not forgotten kiss some babies yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I think that's cool too. Um, so then, is it the, the our old gods? Was there anything stopping them from going to Earth before, or is it just not their way? I'm just imagining them as sort of like powerful politicians in a sense, not really being involved with the people, just kind of expecting love without giving anything back. Right, like they have things, they have the godsly business that they're attending yeah. to. Like they'll accept prayers if they want to and things like that, but they don't they're not involved and they're they're above all that sort of deal and they have their favorites like in greek mythology they have their favorites that they want to see like oh how this story plays out but overall they're just kind of uninvolved and aloof about the whole thing i think that's cool i guess in terms of these gods as well where do they get their power from like the old gods because a lot of the time like especially modern narratives have them getting their power from belief right Mm -hmm. Like in American gods, um, it's all about belief that keeps these gods going. So do the old gods run off of belief? Is that what keeps them alive? I like that idea. I don't know. I think it, we have it on. I think it's on the table of many things. Actually, um, a couple people oh. suggested that idea. I think Chris and Kyra. Um, yeah, I think it's cool because it, it adds some stakes for the gods, like a reason why they need to promote like the worship of themselves. Do the new gods have to rely on the same thing? I don't know. I feel like because they're the new gods, there's got to be some new rules at play. You know, because they're being created, there's got to be something more tangible. Right. But I, I feel like it might be a combination. You know, like whether it's abstract belief or whether it's, you know, sacrificial, you know, food or it's, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I guess if it is belief that's sustaining them, that is kind of what makes them a god rather than just like a created monster from this event as well right. you know mm-hmm. i think i agree so belief that has to worship. factor in it somehow mm-hmm. but maybe maybe yeah maybe they demand belief in a different form I, I think that makes sense also maybe like this is kind of weird metaphor but maybe they're more like fuel efficient like they don't need like <laughs> these kind of smaller like these newer gods maybe they are sort of less powerful than the old gods but they can run on like one village's intense worship yeah like whereas our old gods and me they need like thousands of people's you know kind of daily prayers or whatever 
Yeah. But these new gods, if there's one village that like sacrifices a child every fortnight to them, <laughs> like they're good to go. Every fortnight? <laughs> or whatever. It doesn't have to be that. It's <laughs> a lot of children. <laughs> okay. Once a year. They've or got whatever. a surplus. <laughs> yeah. Or they put food out every single day or whatever. Or they do ritual dances like every night. Like it can be less worshipers, but as long as it's the intensity is there, then they get power from that. And any small bit of power that they extract as well is, is felt by the old gods. Yeah, I think, oh, so there's like a, it's a zero-sum game. Like there's yeah. a limited pool of godly power. Yeah. Sure. No, I think that's cool. So it's not even just that the worshipers are like converting, quote unquote. It's actually that like the power that's drawn from their worship, it gets depleted from the old gods when the new gods take it. Well, yeah, and that's just like if, if, the, if, if say, a tree came to life in a village, in the middle of a village square, and it's suddenly a new god. And like you said, it's a fuel efficient God. It starts making the town prosper and like fields are doing well and things like that. But only as long as the people dance around it every night or whatever. Um, <laughs> suddenly they're not so focused on the old gods. And so their minds are drifting more to the God that's currently affecting their livelihood in the middle yeah. of the town. <laughs> you could say that's a zero sum game, but also it's just they don't have time to worship the other gods. And that's right. a detraction okay. of worship from them. That makes sense. So should we flesh out, what, how much time do we have left? Ben? We have 35 minutes. Awesome. Okay. Should we want to flesh out our old gods a little bit? Like, are they a family? We could do something different. I don't know. That would be a big departure because I don't know if, I'm sure there is probably a pantheon in, uh, in the real world where the gods are not like explicitly a family. I think in ancient Egypt, well, ancient Egypt switched a lot. Like they had, because it's such an old religion and it evolved so much over the years that like at some points people were brother and sister and at other points they were husband right. and wife and at other points they were mother and son. And it was never really clear who exactly what they, what the relations were. And mm -hmm. there is a familial thread like there in ancient Egypt, they had like Osiris and Isis being the gods or sorry, being the parents of like Horus and mm -hmm. Seth is his uncle. And like there's that whole kind of um, there is a family dynamic in there, but there's a lot of other gods and goddesses who don't necessarily have that relation. You know, Do we, if we want to make them not a family, what else? What else could they be? I mean, it's some level of co coexistence, right? They all... Yeah. It's, I think it's kind of a question of, like, where did they come from to determine how they're not a family, right? Well, they could have come... We we kind of talked about the cyclical nature of this world, Adrian, too. So maybe mm -hmm. the event that happened similar to this before kind of spawned these ones. These are the old new gods. These are the old oh, new gods. Oh my god. So they're from the old Starfall. Yeah. So, yeah. Corey, we had talked about this being, like, the third Starfall. I don't even know. It's because the last one happened so long ago. But... I think that's really cool. I love that. That implies that they're then going to have to die out so that the new gods become the old gods so that new gods yeah. can come again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like and there that. could even be gods that existed before that too that were created way, way, way before the old Starfall yeah. that would like be like Chaos or or Eros or Tartarus, right? Mm -hmm. But who have maybe just like really slunk into the background and they're barely in yeah, frame anymore. And if they're existing based on belief, there's always a... a there's never an active belief in chaos, but it's always like, well, we it's know fair. chaos exists. <laughs> That's right. So there's kind of like just enough to keep them going. Yeah. If you're as basic an idea as like you're, you are love, right? Yeah. You're never like people are always going to believe in love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there can be newer gods coming in, you know, like specifically, you know, sexual love or specifically, you know, parental love or whatever else. But mm -hmm. that whole like the base of it. Mm -hmm. So maybe those gods are not so much personified. They just kind of are there as concepts in the world that have always existed. Those old, old gods. And maybe they can take on aspects of like they can take on a, a, a form 
mm-hmm. to communicate. I have a, an idea. Oh. What if our old new gods, our old gods, they <laughs> they are more like, they look more like the peoples of Starstrom because thousands of years of worship has made them that way. Okay. I like. Yeah, they started off as like the weird, like, creepy like new gods. <laughs> garbage but then yeah the garbage pile gods but then dwarves and elves and people of starstrom worshiping them they start to see them more and more in their own image mm, and like over that. time that actually changed like how they appear i like that mm-hmm. and that they they re- reflect the people that believe in them so then like if there's like a really intense like elvish belief in one god they're gonna look more like that yeah mm-hmm. i like that so then our old gods are kind of like the survivors of this sort of like god rush like this sort of <laughs> the, the last starfall all these new gods and they're the ones who have lasted yeah who have stood mm-hmm. the test of time how many of them do you think there are because i'd have to imagine that their numbers have dwindled over time too as various towns have risen and fall and as their influence has grown perhaps some of them have like conglomerated together almost oh that's cool like they get absorbed yeah and so maybe oh and so there's a set number of them now like a workable number mm-hmm. but like i don't know some podcasters could hash out in a half hour. <laughs> Is 13 too many? 13? That was a quick number. I just like the number 13. It's it's creepy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a spooky number. <laughs> it departs from the 12 Olympians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me of the 13 fairies from Sleeping Beauty. Sure. 13, I think, is workable. Yeah. All right, let's do 13. 13 old gods and uh, hun- and hundreds of new gods. Sure, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we don't really know yet. Well, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like they're kind of dying off and dwindling every day because if, you know, like yeah, three or yeah. four arrive in the same town, one's going to kind of... Yeah, and like they could have... Manif- like the stars struck everywhere, right? So like they could have hit somewhere where there are no people and like this yeah. god yeah. briefly blossoms and then it dies because there's nothing around. It, no one knows it exists. There's no one to believe in it. I love that. Yeah. Or there's ones way out there where it's just like all it's like the ant god because the only there were only ants there. And that's <laughs> the god of, of the ants. Yeah. Ooh, ant god. I like that. Let's Good. should we start rolling? I think we should. Sure. And that's we'll we'll kind of there's a lot of ideas for different gods on here, so that'll be yeah. a good way of, of filling out these these different gods too. Uh Corianne, as our guest, would you like to roll the first dice? I would love to. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Eight, a minor god of blight. That suggestion comes to my lovely husband, uh, Mitchell. All right, well, first things first, is this a new god or an old god? Minor god of blight. I feel like a new god. New god? I think so too, yeah. Because, okay. you know, I'm, I'm picturing that it, that this god has emerged in a place where either they're really prosperous and he's like, now we're going to mess with that, or somewhere that's like <laughs> really messed up, you know? Okay. And do you think this relates to our agricultural human society? Like is this kind of their bad, bad, their bad guy god that's sprung up? Like the the dark side to their crop god. Yeah, I'd be into that. What would a god of blight look like, especially newly manifested? A locust. Oh my god, just a giant locust. <laughs> sure. Yikes. <sighs> Oh, I really like the idea of that. Do we want it to be a big locust or a swarm of normal-sized locusts? That can create a big locust. <laughs> I kind of like that. There's so many more possibilities, and it could like form itself into different shapes to sort yeah. of interact in different ways. So really cool. <laughs> the new god of blight is just a cloud of locusts. <laughs> oh my god. So these locusts were just hit by the star? 
and <laughs> just blew the fuck up, but then like came back together and they're making it work. Collective consciousness <laughs> thing. I'm almost picturing like a crown of dying wheat as well. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Like a crown of wilted wheat. A little bit when- of mold. Sorry? A little bit of mold. A little bit of mold. Moldy. A little locusts. bit of mold. Moldy 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 gross locusts. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> Moldy, moldy locust. Who's worshipping this god? It maybe is not a, a matter of worship, but it's a matter of belief. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's not worship. Like, oh, well, we kind of decided on worship. I don't know. Well, I thought we said kind of the belief was what really went with it. And I feel like yeah. if, okay. they're, if they're actively acting against, you know, diseased crops or whatever else, yeah. that's almost like a form of belief in worship because they're completely interacting with it right this fear kind of worship i was gonna ask Corey, because hmm. you're more familiar with this like hades in hmm. classical mythology did hades have temples like was he worshipped not really okay um there were there were areas that they believed were potentially gateways and so there were small shrines it was okay. more shrines than temples okay um and actually persephone was a lot of the times interacted with a little bit more because she wasn't like hades but she was still you know a goddess of death <laughs> yeah Okay, that's interesting. Because, yeah, because Hades is a very powerful god in ancient Greek society, but is definitely not worshipped to the degree that other people are. But it's just known that everybody dies, so there's a belief in a place of death. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or, like, um, I'm trying to think, so, like, some other, like, Phobos and Deimos, for example, probably wouldn't have had temples, no. I would imagine. No, but they were still believed in yes. as, like, things. Yeah. Yes, and I think they were given, you know, offerings once in a while to appease them. Yeah. But it wouldn't, right. but it's still, like, I mean, everybody's afraid of things, so that's just an automatic belief yeah. in worship, because you're afraid of something. Yeah. So, here's a thought. Is this crop society keeping this blight god alive just through their own fear and through giving it offerings every once in a while to try and appease it? But in fact, that's keeping it alive. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think there's some people who think they should need to appease this blight god. And there's other people who think that they can like destroy it. But I think even that, like, I don't know if this is making gods too much like Pennywise. But but me fucking clown. (laughs) Even fighting it, like in order to make it go away, they have to like ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they can't. But they can't because there's so much fear. Crops. Yeah, there's so much fear. Just call it a sloppy bitch and move on. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> sloppy bitch. <laughs> Love that. That's how you defeat a blight god. Uh, inadvertently kept alive. Okay, interesting. I really like that concept. Do we have a name for it? I was going to say. Corey, you're our guest. What would you name a god of blight? I will admit that naming isn't one of my strong suits. Okay. I'm better at, ve- I'm better at vetoing names. All right. <laughs> Where are the dragons? Adrian could come up with a name and we could. Can... Oh my god. Here's a general question though. Do we want gods that have name names or that have like title type things? Because that was another thing that was on oh. the board on the table. I think it was, yeah, Recycled Eternity said that they don't like gods that have actual names. Like they more like ones that are sort of titles like, you know, like the Wanderer, like whatever. The- oh, I think it should be a bit of both. Like, I feel like depends on the society that they're landing in. There are yeah. some that won't name them because it's like... You know, you you can't begin to name that thing. It's like the kindly ones, how they would Mm -hmm. refer to the Furies as the kindly ones out of fear of that. Yeah. Or also a fun fact, how people would call bears bears a long time ago. It was really supposed to be a euphemism for this creature, but we don't actually know what bears are originally called. Cool. Because no one said it. So gods have no names other than the ones that are given to them by the people that believe in them. Which makes sense if they're being powered by belief systems 
There has yeah. to be some kind of give and take there, right? Right. In ancient Egypt also, they had a concept of true names as well. Mm-hmm. So Isis learns the true name of Ra at one point. Ra is his title. But when she learns his true name, then she gain, gains power over him. So we could work with that concept too. Yeah, All of these true. gods have their true names, but they are given titles because no one is really sure of what their true name is, you know? So then what would our agricultural human society call this minor blight god? The Devourer. I feel like that's giving it too much power though. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a blight god. Okay. It's not like... Yeah, it's a minor blight god too. It's not even... Yeah. <laughs> Let's not it's get called crazy. those fucking locusts. <laughs> right, don't TFL. Lose, don't lose focus. We're talking about a cloud of locusts here. <laughs> we don't have to come up with names yet. I, names are like the hardest thing to come up with, I feel like, on air. The munchers. <laughs> Goy. Just going back to topping Tolkien a little bit. The cloud. I'm on thesaurus as I always am. I saw the word blemish and then I was like, wait, isn't that a McDonald's mascot? And I was like, no, it's Grimace. Blemish? Um, <laughs> Ble- blemish? How dare you? Are you a big Grimace fan? What, what is this? I'm wearing his t-shirt right now. Ben has his face painted purple. <laughs> Whenever you listen to this podcast, you don't need to know what I really look like. Just imagine Grimace sitting in front of this microphone. We could call it the Grimace, the Locust God. You said the cloud a little bit before, and I don't mind that as much. Mm-hmm. The cloud. That could yeah. be the working name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can just call it Blight for now, too. Grimace is the sure. working name or the cloud? The cloud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll again. Let's see. Six. Oh, I like this one. This is also from Mitchell. God of tying and untying, both physical and metaphorical, worshipped by weavers. So I didn't make this table. Benjamin made it. And he, it's. I just looking at it now, it's all Mitchell. It's 100% suggestions from Mitchell, every single one. Benjamin has stacked the table with exclusively suggestions from his husband. <laughs> I okay, I won't confirm or deny. But God of Tying and Tying, both physical and metaphorical, worship by weavers. I really like I that, love that concept. Mm-hmm. No, it's so cool. That I think is an old god. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Physical and metaphorical. I really like that too. The tying I know. And I think that's so cool. So you would worship this god when you're weaving uh-huh. for your whatever you're weaving, but also like I, the first thing I thought of was like marriage and divorce. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the end of a relationship, the start of a relationship. That's mm-hmm. a kind of metaphorical, like a knot. Weaving god or goddess. I was thinking like a goddess was my first thought. I think that's kind of a stereotypical yeah. maybe thought of who in like a like medieval or fantasy society is doing a lot of weaving, but that's not necessarily the case. We don't have to. Marriage uh, gods as well, typically female, right? Yeah, typically, but we don't have to do that. I don't know. What's your take on it? Well, I mean... If we keep thinking about where this like tying and untying comes in, we can start to maybe pull away from some of those. Because I'm, I'm with you, both of those things are very stereotypically mm-hmm. goddess. Yeah. But my first thought, as far as like knots goes, was sailors. You know, tying knots, ships, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which would cool. be more traditionally masculine. Yeah. Because right? I, I feel like that's the thing with the old gods too is that they have to be they're they're they have like pieces of different pies sort of thing, right? Yeah. So. They have a diverse portfolio. Yes. And maybe this was a conglomeration of a few different gods. Like maybe this was a sailor god that became mixed with a weaving god. A weaving god. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's just the god of knots. The god of tying things. Do you think... Here's a question. This has nothing to do with the god of knots, of weaving. But like, do you think over time all the gods conglomerate into one? Oh my god, Ben, stop trying to spread your Jesus heavy message just, on this podcast. Hi, my name's Ben, and I'm here to talk to you about monotheism. <laughs> but hang on. Oh, yeah. What if that's what chaos is? 
it's, it's oh an my god conglomeration of like everything that's so good oh god i was just gonna say knots i just had the th- quick thought justice i'm thinking about like executions but also you know like taking away prisoners that kind of stuff mm-hmm. oh there like, could be uh, there could be a justice element there interesting that's cool I, the other thing i thought of was like alliances that's another kind of mm. obvious one but that sort of ties into like big grand or sort of relationships in between you know peoples or nations or whatever yeah interesting so this would be a pretty powerful god overall this is worshipped by a lot of people well let's come up with what the image of this god is they don't have to necessarily be gendered either my first thought was a big beard all tied up in knots (laughs) a very knotted like braided kind of beard (laughs) oh that's cool i I think regardless of gender this deity should have a big knotted beard i think that'd be really cool yes knotted beard is there a spider element to this god as well oh my god are we putting too many can it just be a big bearded spider? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, because this is an old god. They look more yeah, human. Yeah, it's an old okay. god. Bearded spider is definitely a new god. Can it be a bearded woman with eight eyes? Ooh. Oh, shit. That's really cool. Okay. I think that's good for now. I think I want to get yeah. some other gods in there, too. Yes. Yeah, that's good enough. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's roll again. Okay. <laughs> uh, 19. God of peace and prosperity. This comes to us from Jasper. Thank you, Jasper. Yeah. God of peace and prosperity. Old god? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of taking this further like i don't know mitchell gave us like a cool framework where now whenever we think of like a broad concept like peace and prosperity we can think of all of the iterations of that Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. you think of like a peace god i think i would normally think of like kind of like a mother Teresa type like figure although like you know mother Teresa's is pretty problematic but (laughs) very um (laughs) uh, or like an old woman or whatever but like prosperity that also means and it's like money that's like Mm -hmm. wealth so that we could, there could be elements of that as well. I don't know if I'm picturing god or goddess, but I am picturing like some kind of robe that looks like a very still lake. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like, like that. that's like the ultimate moment of peace when you're like looking out on like a mirror <gasps> oh, lake. Yeah, oh. I love that. What's the most peaceful animal? Go. I mean, like sloths don't do much of anything. Sloths are very peaceful. But they're very. <laughs> it's a sloth in a beautiful robe. <laughs> so I'm slow. actually kind of into that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> You have to veto that along with Adrian here. That's a no. Point. I'm just thinking, like, I don't know, a god or goddess with just extremely long sloth arms. Oh, okay, I, like I can that. get into that. Yeah, and the long arms could be, you know, like enveloping, you know, hordes of money. Oh, yeah, you know, also reaching and grabbing for money and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I feel like there's a dichotomy in this god as well. There's a lot going on. I think this they appear kind of like elf-like too. I feel like the elf-like? image that we're describing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now I'm just picturing this puppet with long ass arms. <laughs> it's elf in a robe as be- like a beautiful snow. <laughs> an elf is what I said. Oh, elf. Okay. So it's an elf. All right. Ugh, elves. Okay. I mm-hmm. think that's good for peace and prosperity for now. Can we roll again? Sure. I would oh, just sorry. Like, as you're rolling, I just like to say, um, you mentioned the dichotomy. Mm-hmm. And I know in the Greek pantheon, there was oftentimes like Apollo was the god of healing, but also disease. Yes. So that, oh. that's definitely something we can play with a bit yeah. as far as those dichotomies within one god. But Okay. That's cool. cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That happens a couple times, actually. I mean, like Persephone, goddess of spring, which is new life, but also the goddess of death. Yeah. I mean, Ares was a god of harvest and also war. I didn't know Ares was a god yeah, of harvest. He was, he was originally a god of harvest, and so they would time their wars based on when the harvest was. Oh was my not. god! Yeah, yeah. He has he has very like deep and old harvest roots. I did not know that. Yeah, that's so cool. Get yourself a friend who's a classic miner. <laughs> <laughs> Corey is one of the smartest people I know. I will just say that as well. Uh, Twelve. God of mice. Now this is, is it, from Jasper. Jasper said two things. Jasper said, "God of mice." 
or a mouse god. Now, mouse god is on another separate section of this table, but I want to I want to come back to that. I want to I want to talk about a mouse god, a god who is a mouse, a very powerful mouse. It's Pikachu himself. <laughs> the man of the hour. It is Ryan I was like, Reynolds. Who's the, who's the most powerful mouse you could think of? It's Pikachu. Mickey is the power, most powerful mouse. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to capitalism in that way, yes. Okay, but Pikachu could destroy Mickey. I don't think so. Mickey could pay someone to take Pikachu out. <laughs> Mickey's the assassin. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu has a goal against Mickey Mouse's assassins. Yeah. Donald Duck and Goofy. Okay, wait. So we decided the god that is a new god that is a powerful mouse. <laughs> what is his thing? Like what? Or I don't know why it's a him. Or gender neutral powerful mouse. What are they the god of? Like uh, who who believes in this thing? <laughs> Other mice? Is it just people that? Is it just people that like have gods? Is it just beings that have gods? I should say, not animals. Well, I, we talked about our ant god earlier. We did. I just know if there's a big, powerful mouse who is only worshipped by mice, I don't know what role, like, how is this going to play into our world? Like, is this out there? <laughs> Fellas, there's just this really jacked mouse out there. We can't kill it. <laughs> he just closed the window. <laughs> you open the blinds, and he's like, oh, crap, it's still out there. <laughs> it's in the yard. Mary, it's in the yard. <laughs> just knocks a tree over. <laughs> It's too much power for a mouse to this wield. This is ridiculous. Maybe, okay. Um, We only have a minute left on our timer. And then we're talking about this stupid big mouse. <laughs> okay, here's what, okay. Mouse, big mouse. <laughs> big big mouse in the big city. I'm just Fievel. Thank you. It's Fievel. It's Fievel. I'm just writing Fievel. We'll come back to that. Uh, we have 30 seconds. Sure. Corey, do you want to do the last roll? Yeah. And we'll just talk about it really quick, whatever it is. Really quick. Four. Mouse God! Oh, no! Oh. There we go. Well, we got the broad structure of our pantheon. We got a few gods out there. The most important ones. We'll definitely have to flesh out the rest of the 13 in a different episode. Yeah. That stupid mouse god thing really destroyed us. You know, we didn't have much time with the mouse god anyway. It was like six minutes left on the clock when we rolled for mouse god. I think we have some very cool <laughs> concepts for gods, though. Yes. I really like the blight god. Love the idea of the weaving god mm-hmm. and uh, the peace and prosperity god um, with the really long arms. I think it needs a bit more work. <laughs> yes. I think, honestly, the weaving god is so cool. Yes. Yeah. That was a very stroke of inspiration, Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Corey. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Oh, I'm glad. It's always a crapshoot. <laughs> and remember, it takes all kinds of jacked up mice to make a world. <laughs> Hi, friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Realm is Your Realm. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. I think me and Ben are going to be tackling monsters. I wanted to let you know that there is no new side quest episode this week for gods and goddesses we got some really great suggestions from you guys but we just didn't end up having the time to record one but we'll be circling back to gods and goddesses really soon so those suggestions are going to be showing up in an episode within a few weeks probably the good news is is that after this episode we are fully through the tunnel of bad or not great audio and all of the episodes from now on will have our improved audio that you guys heard in the side quest episodes if you want to help us build our world please check us out on twitter at this realm pod or check out our subreddit. That's our This Realm Is Your Realm on Reddit. There are pinned threads there that have the current topics that we're collecting ideas for. So you can reply to those. You can DM us. You can also email us at thisrealmpod at gmail.com if you would like. If you're enjoying the podcast, please 
rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. You can also tweet about the show with the hashtag ThisRumPod or just tell a friend about it if you think they would enjoy. We would really appreciate all of that. And that's about it. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.